recipe. Cooking it up. Cooking it up. It's the recipe. Cooking it up. We're cooking it up. Well, we're working everybody to hip hop heads. Uh, today we got a very special guest in the house. Uh, as you know, the show pretty much is this is uh, I'm Novak and I got No Sage here. We got a guest in the house right now. We got a guy we go way back with. This guy is hilarious. He's one of the smoothest operators I ever worked with. You know, it's just one of the kind of Big talent, facts. man. Big facts. Uh, the guy I want to introduce our guest today is Michael Baker. Uh, yes, sir. You know, Michael, Michael's one of those people in life that you meet that you go, man, this guy is hilarious. He's funny. He's smooth. He's always in, he's always in control of things. He always uh, he always makes his presence in the room felt. He's been in uh, he's been in the mortgage business for the past seventeen years. He's licensed to help people purchase homes and refinance homes in Illinois, Florida, Arizona, Colorado, Michigan, and Texas. And also, like he's he's one of the best at communication out there. He's really good with communicating people during the mortgage process. The, the transaction process can be long and tedious, as most people know, and you, you need somebody there special on your side to help you get through those times. Uh, Michael is phenomenal with his customers and his clients. And if anybody wants to work with Michael, you can definitely hit him up at his email address, which is michael at yourloanman.com. That's once again, that's michael at yourloanman.com. That, that domain is awesome, Mike, by the way. Just want to let oh, you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> Being long and hard for a good one. I'm like, man, that's got to be a good, got to be good memorable one. So, yeah, I, yeah, I get compliments and I think it helps me get business. Oh, it's awesome, man. The first time I saw that, I saw that domain. I'm like, wow, I'm your loan man. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I got, got that 70s vibe going to it right now. I'm your pusher man. <laughs> but yeah, Mike, so tell, tell us what's been going on, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, man, recently I've just been um, been traveling a little bit. Um, you know, I've been a, I'm 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 blessed to be able to you know work from anywhere, and so I want to take advantage of that. And um, and before the pandemic, yeah, every, everywhere I would go, I would look for a place to do karaoke and salsa dancing, and um, you know, so that's how I do this: go out there and just just try to sing and dance everywhere I'm at. You know, so uh, so now that's kind of slowed down. I mean, I did go karaoke last week, but um, still did a little bit of what I do. Did a little bit of uh, Michael Jackson, Jackson Five. I'll be there. So it seems like they they liked it, but but yeah, that's been been doing that. and It's been busy with work. So, but now it's good to be here with you guys, man. Awesome. Well, you said salsa dance, man. I just want to put on that song from Police Academy. You remember that? <laughs> that, that Yay! In that, in that gay bar. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching that the other night, and I was like, wow, I can hear that in the background. You said salsa dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I love it. But, man, I've been doing that for like over 16, 17 years because I got into it because um, you know how we were uh, the, the Black Student Union and the Latino Student Unions and Benedictine would do parties. And so when I would go over there and, and support them and, and see the, the type, you know, all the dance and the fun and I guess the beautiful women, I was like, you know, okay, I got to um, learn that eventually. And so a few years after graduation, that's why I got more, more into it, started performing a little bit with a group. Uh, so I did that for a little bit. So, so yeah, it's, it's a good hobby. Awesome. Mike's always a positive spirit just to be around. I remember we even went to the same high school back in the day. And, you know, <laughs> the universe keeps like uh, bringing us back together somehow. So I'm always fortunate to be in your presence, Mike. I, I always refer all of my, you know, um, people that are looking for anything. I always send them, send them your way and they're always happy with their experience. So, yeah, no, I just that, man. 
you always drop whatever you can to just, you know, help people out. So it's just nice to know you. Yeah, try to make sure that they're comfortable, that they know, um, you know, whatever they want, any question they have, I always make sure that they, they're they attended to, you know. So it's a, it's a big situation for some people and big prog process and they get scared. So I want to try to make them as comfortable as possible. But thank you, man. No doubt, no doubt. And I know this is the uh, Hip Hop Heads podcast and we're going to talk about our topic in a sec, but I'm curious, like in these, in these lockdown times, you've seen like more transactions, different transactions, the different questions, like, you know, um, as far as people well, trying to close out on things. Well, because of the interest rates, the impact yeah. that they've had on the interest rates. So right now I'm giving right. people 2.5% interest rates, 30 year fixed. Right. Right. Um, right. Right. And so that is been keeping the business really busy so with that and and then there's a, like a, a lot of homes are going for sale so people are continuously looking and a lot of times they're getting outbid it's not much of an inventory in arizona california stuff gets snatched snatched real quick but um so yeah it's the business is really really booming right now with the rates and all the movements going so yeah Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I can, I can see that going on right now because there's like nothing on the market right now in most of these areas. Like, I, like Arizona's tight. California, I saw it's like a, like a bloodbath right now. Just get any property in uh, California is almost impossible. Even in the Beverly Hills area, you're looking at Calabasas and stuff like that. There's nothing out there right now. And these are like two, three million dollar homes. They're pretty much are disappearing. Yeah. You know, despite the wildfires that are going out there, there's nothing available. I mean, it's insane what's going on on the West Coast. People have to overbid more. They have to bid more than what the house is worth to close that transaction. It is that popular. Um, people spending twenty, thirty thousand dollars above list price to to do that, and it doesn't. And it appraises, and it appraises low, and people are still want those properties, so they're willing to come to closing with thirty extra thousand dollars to get those those homes. So that's what we're dealing with back there in those places. Wow. What's your favorite market? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm really busy in Illinois, but I have thoughts about moving to Colorado. I, I really enjoyed, I enjoyed that. I almost moved there. Um, I got involved with somebody there and we still talk. Um, but um, I would say my favorite market, yeah, I guess, I guess, guess it's still Illinois, just because it's really been busy. I guess I know more about it. I know a lot of realtors, and so I enjoy it more. Awesome. But I still want to get heavily more involved in what out west, Colorado. I may get licensed in Nevada, too. So let me know. Let me know not Nevada. I try to get some rate, some Raider season tickets. Couldn't find out uh, where to stay out there. So that's the crazy thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I was freaking out when I was staying in Nevada for a few months. I was trying to figure, okay, if I want to do something more serious out here, out there. So, so we'll see. I'm still thinking. All right. Cool, cool. Well, Mike, I know you're obviously renowned in the uh, real estate and mortgage world, but arguably so. At one point, you also were a heavy hitter in the, uh, like you said, karaoke space and some competitions, <laughs> salsa competitions, and you know. <laughs> Working your magic in different, different lanes. <laughs> yeah, man. Because um, with the the thing with salsa is, you when you get to know the the I like to play around with the musicality. 
Um, and so when I get familiar with like the hits, um, I like to play around with my partner, you know, to make her have fun, get her to smile. And so I may do things to the music that will make them just really enjoy the, the dance that much more. And then when it's a romantic song and I'm doing the bachata dance, when we have to hold closer, hold close to each other, um, with my hand on her back, I'm able to play around with the movement of her back according to the beat. And so, um, and so if I want to pause after a hit, I do that. Maybe do like a little dip or whatever. So um, I'll have more fun with the bachata, playing around with the musicality and just and just in, in, in doing that with them. Just seeing yeah. them doing a smile. I'll do like a thriller. Sometimes <laughs> I just mix some hip hop in there too. <laughs> and so, and they, they enjoy that, you know, so it's, it's fun. Man, Mike dropping the the bachata like secrets over here. The uh, <laughs> the, ha the hacks on the, how to keep a keep a good uh, dance floor, you know. Because it's all about them, you know. I try not to. A lot of guys who think that they're who know they're good, you know, they want to impress the people that's on the sidelines. But I, my my focus is always on the partner who I'm dancing with right there. I'm not trying to impress anybody that's around. Um, I want her to know that okay, I'm just just me and you. I'm just in tune with her. So. Um, that is my goal during those next few minutes is just to, to make her happy. Hey Amen. I think that's a beautiful segue to our topic because um, I'm really curious to hear what you have on your list. I think um, you, you were kind of like coming around to our discussion about like, is it more or less like R&B slash hip hop slash like rap collaborations? Like, because in those type of um, songs and arrangements, you have to kind of like, highlight the best thing for your partner and vice versa, right? So I would imagine mm -hmm. like, in order yes. to have a collaboration yes. effective, like things kind of had to play together well. Yeah, so with, the, um, with them, I guess it was, I, I came up with a, a list where I just mentioned maybe more important R&B songs with rap features, and then I did a few with nice. rap with R&B feature collaboration. And, um, and so, and probably my my um my list was comprised maybe maybe sometimes the importance or how how hard hitting it was when it came out, you know. So with there's one song that is above the rest, hands down. Um, I think has the 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 biggest effect out of all the collaborations. Um, but for each of them, yeah. But, and, and then I'll go through some that may have had more of a a, a personal you know, the uh, importance maybe to me. So, so I just want to start with the, start with the list. Let's do the list. Okay, okay, okay. So I will just start with the R&B, the R&B, main R&B song with just rap features. So I'll just do just a few, just a, like three. And um, so where the main thing is you know it's mainly R&B song, but then it's have a, a, a rapper feature on it. So I would say one important one would have to be "Love of My Life" with Erica Badu and um, and Common. Yes. So it, it, with that one, to an ode to hip hop, you know, the, to be able to celebrate all of that. That's 
that gets back. I think that video probably got people more in love. Like, oh yeah, yeah, they got DJ uh, Kirk in here, and you know, everybody mm-hmm. that represented different aspects of hip hop. You know, Crazy Legs, the B Boy in there mm-hmm. in the video. Um, so it was it was really cool. You know, celebrating with their MC Light in there. Um, you know, so that was a, 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 a great song and great video, you know, just to be able to talk about your love towards hip hop. And so that collaboration together was definitely on point. Oh, I you know, agree. So- I totally agree. That that song, that bit, the song is hot, but the video just, man, makes that song come to life. I mean, you watch that song. I mean, especially if you're out, you go out around that time, that point in time in life, you're out in the club or something, they show up the video screen. You see it, everybody watching the video and everybody in that whole zone of like, man, I mean, we believe that Common was on his way to like that super next level, which he really was, because Common evolved after that song and got even bigger. And last week we talked about the Erica Badu effect. You know, everything she touches turns to gold right now. She yes. makes you a better artist. You know, she basically births, she basically birthing uh, MCs at this point. So, so what she, you know, what she did for Common after that, I mean, they might have broken up, but man, he became such a better rapper, entertainer, yeah. actually a better person without her, which is really weird. But that song is hot, you know, no doubt. Oof. Yeah. So yeah, good for him. Good for him. So um, him, the, the success he's having, and everything other part of his life too, you know. So yeah. Man, so, I think it's timely you mentioned that song because. Uh, we were just discussing that song in the last episode with our previous guests. And, and um, yeah, I, I was trying to say then, like, it's hard to outdo one of the best hip hop songs of all time, arguably, you know, with Commons, I Used to Love Her. So like, mm-hmm. to, to make a sequel to anything, whether it's a good song or a good album, but yeah, I felt like, yeah, that pick was just a convergence of everything. Like the music video was dope. The features were awesome, like you said, Bambada and, and Light. And it was on the Brown Sugar soundtrack. So it was kind of like cool that it was almost, um, it like it like worked in tandem with what that movie was trying to do too as well. It's like, you know, trying to give an ode to hip hop. Love me. And uh, yeah, the couple, the next one, um, I like it because it's, it, it brings, um, it showcases the, the, the feminine talent and so I thought it was cool that, okay, they did a remix to this song and they brought these uh, female legends on it to be able to rap on it. And so when Brandy did her I Want to Be Down remix, it was cool to bring in MC like Queen Latifah and Yo-Yo and into, the, into it. So I thought that was um, definitely pretty dope. I definitely celebrate the the queens and of the hip hop industry. Yeah, you had, you had a lot of fire in that video. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Queen Latifah basically always been underrated. I hate to give that shout out to that, that certain person from Arizona about the Queen Latifah effect, you know, but he does get, you know, Carl definitely gets a shout out about the Queen Latifah effect. I mean, yeah, <laughs> she, she did her thing pretty much. I mean, even Yo-Yo stepped her game up because what happens is when one lady's on par, everybody matches them at that point in that video. I remember that video. I've been watching that video on the box. Now, now we're really showing our age. The television, <laughs> you control. Yeah, that's that a dollar I spent to get me in trouble. <laughs> but I had to see the video. 
<laughs> and that video was awesome, man. I mean, Brandy even had like that hip hop vibe going on in the video. Everybody was in their own zone, pretty much. Did you know they recently redid that track, Mike? It was like yeah. a BT Award show or something, rather, maybe a month or so ago. So they had, ironically enough, um, uh, Badu was in there. Uh, Brandy mm -hmm. brought back, and then um, Tiana Taylor and her. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it was decent. It wasn't better than the, the the track you just mentioned, but I think I think it was a it was a good compliment to it. Okay, okay, yeah. So that was uh, and then I'll say the one the probably the one that gets everybody bumping, you know, going crazy. Um, you know, it's, it features ODB. Uh, I know you <laughs> with Mariah Carey, man. So with that, whenever I go out where they play that, you know, everybody loves. They look forward to doing ODB's part on uh, Fantasy. <laughs> so that that is probably like, yeah, that's that that's up there. It had a, a big effect on the industry, man. So that was that's probably you know my my favorite for the R and B featuring rap that's it's a fun track i mean that, that track's awesome i mean mariah carey's range is incredible on that and breakdown with bone i mean i think you know breakdown with bone was my favorite to fantasy came out you no know, fan, fantasy mm -hmm. fantasy is such a it's such a good track that song that song is pretty much it's been it's, it's been it's aged really well it's in so many commercials I found my eight-year-old singing it pretty much. It's hilarious. I mean, you see, you, you, you see these kids today singing something that we grew up listening to, mm -hmm. and you know, probably where our parents probably we were listening to OJ's and stuff like that. So now, yeah. ODB man, I mean, such a talent, a crazy, crazy talent, but it was just an awesome dude, man. And you think like Mariah Carey and him, they did a lot. Of, they did another song together. At this. I mean, their chemistry was good. I mean, I remember Rooftop and Mob Deep mm -hmm. and everything. I mean, right, Mariah Carey, man, she pretty much bridged that gap to from hip hop to mainstream R&B, and then uh, Mary J. Blige did that as well. You know, Mary yes. J. Blige we consider her to be the, you know, the quintessential hip hop diva at this point. Mm -hmm. But but Mariah Carey does it really well, and nobody really gets the respect or props for that. But man, her and ODB's chemistry was like, man, incredible, and that's Puffy production. That's that's uh, Sean Combs production, right? On Fantasy, yeah. I believe. Probably D. You gotta give props to him, you know, for bringing merging in the the those hits, the the, the old beats, you know, that our parents love into you know his music and his label, his production. So, you gotta give um, him his props about that. I agree, man. I felt a, I felt a shiny suit moment when I heard that song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. and um, you know, so I mean, there's other stuff that that may have happened that helped like there's forced collaborations that happened in history where um you know it, it it brought made people more aware of hip hop you know like uh the the Shaka Khan uh when she did I feel for you at, back in the 80s and um and they had Melly Mel well she didn't know he was going to be on there and <laughs> stuff cuz she 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 did she thought it was they messed it up but um and so they toned it down. They didn't have Melly Mel really talking about anything. It was just him saying Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. And so, so they didn't want to scare people. So they wanted just to, <laughs> just to, you know, like just give them a little bit, don't scare everybody, 
you know, so they just kept it as clean as possible, as simple as possible, so that they they were still able to get played everywhere, and and people will still be able to quote it. So I mean, so it, it was a a huge hit for Shaka Khan, um, and then they had a really toned down Melly Mel, so that <laughs> like I said, didn't scare people away. <laughs> My how long come from, you know, Melly Mel being toned down to ODB almost letting allowed, you know, let, letting allowed to get loose a little bit. I mean, I think you also bring up a good point. It's like whenever you have like a rap or hip hop collaboration with an R&B cat, it's like which which one is kind of like going to overshadow the other or mm-hmm. would hope that they would kind of like complement each other. Because I think you before you said your list, you were like thinking about R&B songs that had a, had a rap feature, and it's weird. It's weird how it gets defined. I, I think where I'm coming from here is that do y'all remember um, the Grammys? Like they have their own baggage, right? Um, in their categories, and they're always trying to redefine and re you know inclusify and still um, <laughs> be humiliating in the ways that they do things sometimes, but they had this category that they were trying to serve this uh, demographic, right? So I think mm-hmm. it was best rap sung performance for a while. Um, and then they changed it recently to best melodic rap performance. Hmm. Like this year, you can find like Roddy Rich and you know, other like kind of Drake-ish like songs that singing is happening, but there is no collab. It's almost like the same person either rapping or singing, right? Uh-huh. So, I don't know, like, I, I just bring that up because, like, I love, I love a great, like, hip-hop and R&B collaboration, but um, it almost feels like in this world of, you know, let me, let me get as many streams and as many likes as I can. Why do I really need to collaborate with somebody that's old or somebody that's established when I can basically do it myself, you know? <laughs> and showed us a picture of the weekend right now. What would what, what you try to say about that? <laughs> well, I, I know you're going with that. Like, you know, he was really upset with the Grammys <laughs> of, of, of what's going on, pretty much. So it's one of those things where, you know, I think the weekend is super ultra talented. You know, he's one of those artists where he's not really R&B, he's not really pop. He's sort of a hip hop hybrid. If you think about, it. you listen to some of his songs sometimes. Mm-hmm. Is that production? He's one of those artists that I always want to pair with another artist from the past. Like, what if The Weeknd wrote for Luther Vandross? That's the type of stuff mm-hmm. I think about at night. Like, what would that sound like? What would Luther sound like with the with The Weeknd's lyrics? You know, with his vocal range. The Weeknd has a pretty good vocal range, studio based. But mm-hmm. man, somebody like Luther singing the lyrics of those songs, man, it'd be incredible. Ooh. I mean, he would kill it because <laughs> The Weeknd's writing is impeccable. So I, I totally understand where you're going with that, Jay. It's like what the Grammys did is they kind of unhip hop the Grammys. You know, you think about it, like you know, when mm-hmm. Cardi B, when Cardi B won Best uh, Best Artist Award, I kind of uh-huh. threw I threw down the gauntlet because I'm like, Cardi B had one song. One song does not get you best best uh, album at the Grammys. That's like an insult, you know. And, and also that year, the Roots dropped a pretty good album. Even with the Jimmy Fallon influence, they still don't get Grammys, which I don't understand. I mean, everybody loves the Roots. The Roots on Jimmy Fallon every night. Black Thought is getting better and better, but mm-hmm. they, they're still not breaking through. And I guess, you know, I guess if you think about hip hop and collaborations, you know, when you talk about Puffy and everybody, 
Puff did such a good job, but man, of bringing the past together with the present, and that's what yes. I kind of that's what I miss right now. You don't have that because you know with drill rap, you know with drill hip hop right now in Chicago, that's like it's a now thing. It's not it's like it doesn't grab other audiences, other genres at this point. You know, unless they get killed, and that's pretty much what happens. You become somebody when you die in hip hop today. Unlike 20 years ago when Biggie and Pac went out, Pac had a soulful heart. And Biggie was reaching back to the 70s. So that's the reason why everybody mm-hmm. liked their music at that point. And I know, I'm, yeah, the, the, the youth today, like I heard I was listening to the comment. Who was the guy that made the comment about Andre 3000? Like Yanta, somebody dissing Andre 3000, saying he ain't do nothing for And, you know, was, and that was like just total disrespect, you know, as far as what he was, was saying, like just the distance. So this is like their, yeah, they have no regard for the the past and what they've done, what the, the the generation for them has done. You know, for them to be able to be free that they are. I love that you brought that up because I did see that headline and I looked a little deeper to it because it was it was very cringeworthy. You know, like Young Thug kind of saying like, "I can't ever collaborate with somebody like that. I don't see, you know, the brilliance in him or whatever." But um, I also looked at it like some cats are kind of like validating what he's saying. Like, you know, if an artist feels like they never can ever either appreciate or collaborate with somebody, that should be their choice. That should be their viewpoint, right? And it speaks to like, Three Stacks hasn't been doing anything lately either, right? So it's like, in order to stay relevant, you have to be content heavy, especially in the rap game for people even to pay attention. But the the, the beauty of, a, of an awesome like, R&B rap collaboration is, you know, if it speaks to the past and and the present and the future, but mm-hmm. nobody's really trying to pay respect, you know, anymore. It's just more, more about streams and, you know, like how many downloads can I get? So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to unpack, but I love the Shaka Khan, like, like uh, example you brought up, because, you know, it was almost a blueprint of what it, it became and, you know, should have should have done whatever. Right, right. So, uh, you're totally, right. You're totally right about that. I mean, with, you know, with, with Young Thug, you know, the, the thing about it is, now you know he grew up in Atlanta, so that means that he had an Andre post on his wall at some point in time. He was listening to Cadillac yeah. music at some point. Yeah. So the disrespectful <laughs> thing about Young Thug is that I like him as an artist. I mean, he got, I mean, his production is incredible. I will say that much, but you got to understand the past in order to feel the future right now. A lot of times I think in life, I think we all go through it where we don't understand where we came from in order to get to where we're at right now. So Young Thug, I mean, you draw energy from the past. Just listen to those artists, listen to their songs. You the, know, the dress, the style. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like you folks. <laughs> I, mean, he, I mean, right now there's a picture of, you guys can't see it at home, it's a picture of a Young Thug dressed like he came from Earth, Wind & Fire. And, you know, and you look at you think about it like of course he had to look at his his aunts or somebody's earth wind and fire poster or like whispers poster from the seventies, and guys dressed like this in the seventies. And that's why I was like you know like today people get upset that the guy dressed the guys wearing a dress. I'm like, did you see the seventies? Mm-hmm. They were dressed more provocative than these guys today. Prince did it. Prince made a living oh, dressing yeah. like this, and so did <laughs> and so did Michael. Michael put a a varsity jacket on and a kilt, and everybody like, man, that's hot. You know, but that's Michael Jackson. So I mean, I think I think with Young Thug is that the thing is he he probably crying out for help. He crying to cry, try to cry out to do a collaboration with Andre. I think he just went about it wrong. I think you gotta get a guy's yeah. props and say, hey, look, I want to work with you, or could you mm-hmm. help me? 
Then I think that's what it comes down to. I think Thugger and uh, and Andre can make some nice music together. You know, yeah. I mean, he just he just squashes people with Lil Wayne over nothing. They made a track together. It sounds pretty good. And Wayne is Wayne is a very uh, a, you know a very interesting talent mm -hmm. to say the least. You know, he's evolving into something. I don't know what it is right now, <laughs> but but Wayne is going down an interesting path in terms of his development his development as artist at this point. And yeah, with Andre, yeah, he, I mean, he's also had a lot of those types and outfits and, you know, people love him for that. They love his, his, the, the diff, different. Um, and then I, I, I got more into, to hip hop when I, when I did, when I was younger, it was less about the lyrics, you know, it was just like, okay, there's a happy song, silly song, um, you know, and, and you know, or, or if they were a little bit weird, just out there. And I, I got attracted to, you know, like, like De La Soul and, um, you know, just, just seeing the, 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 not the, they they were not like the, the rest, you know, so I, I, I got attracted to that type of hip hop when I initially um, started listening more to it. And then of course, with the collaborations, you know, with my love of um, R&B growing up, you know, loving old school Motown. And when I got seeing more and more people, you know, using those beats and, you know, those singers and, and their songs, you know, that that got me me jumping, you know, especially if they, you know, I love the Jackson 5. I, I always, whenever I go karaoke, I'm always singing Jackson 5. And so I, I love um, uh, when Ghostface, did his song um, with uh, Mary J? Talk to him, yes sir. Yes, with Mary J and All That I Got Is You and, and they sampled Michael Jackson's song uh, Maybe Tomorrow. So and, and he was able to use that. And one thing I like about Motown, Barry Gordy is good at using orchestra. I love how he used um, violins in all of his songs. And so uh, in Ghostface song, I like how he while he was in the piano, he had a group of women or whatever in the background playing their violins in that video. And so I like how he was able to end the video with that and use use the string sections of the orchestra to really, you know, bring out the music even more. And so and that's what I loved about that video. Man, you are just like going straight from my heart right now. I'm like, I'm so hard, man, crushing on you right now. You brought up ODB. Ghost, <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. You probably got some other thoughts, and I want to hear more too. But like, I, I, I love your your perspective because to go back to what Novak was talking about in some of the past episodes, he's been talking about Tyler the Creator, and mm -hmm. I, I've been meaning to bring this up. And um, I actually saw Tyler perform at um Lollapalooza not long ago. My fault. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw him perform at Lollapalooza, and. His, his performance, his live performance was amazing. But before I saw him perform, it was probably like four or five years ago. Before I saw him perform, I only knew him for that like hardcore horror rap, almost like Eminem D12 style, right? Then mm -hmm. he was also messing around with Frank Ocean and, and some other cats too, right? So you always knew he had a musicality to him. So now that album, that one that Kiva, or that Novak really loves, that um, Igor album, that the Grammys actually gave rap, best rap album, I was listening to it and it's really good. It's like almost reminded me kind of like of a Gorillaz type album where it's like a, an awesome fusion of different I sounds. I love Gorillaz. 
But to bring it back to the the cringeworthiness of the Grammys, like they they call it best rap album, and then he even thought it was a backhanded compliment. Like, thanks for the award, but I wasn't really going for rap, right? I was just going for music. You know yes. what I'm saying? I, I think that that go, that speaks to like just the categorization and the collaboration of just like some of these artists too. It's like some of them, regardless of their rap or hip hop, you know, they're just trying to make some, some, you know, like magical music's got to end. It can kind of like be like misperceived. I think even Tyler even hates like the use of like the urban category too, right? Cause I think at one point they called it the, the urban contemporary album award. And then now it's like, mm-hmm. I guess it's like, I forget what it's called, the progressive R&B album now, whatever category. It's like progressive or something. Yeah, you're right about Tyler. Uh, that Igor album, man, is is phenomenal because, you know, the first, like, you know, I've always been a Tyler fan. You know, you go back to Youngers, you talk about the, the whole horror hip-hop thing, you know, when he's talking about killing the girlfriend and feeding her to the rock wild <laughs> and stuff like that. And first you think he's joking, and then Igor came out. And I expect Igor is very similar to what Childish Gambino did on his album. Like Charles Gambino made, uh, he made an R&B classic in the middle, at the middle of last year. Man, that 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 Gambino album is incredible. And Igor is Igor Igor has a lot of love below in it. Basically, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. so it's elements of love below. It's elements of Charles really? Gambino because Gambino came first, and then Igor mm-hmm. came, he came with the Igor style. And you listen to it, and then you hear a lot of uh, 808s and heartbreak in the background from Kanye West. Because Kanye West did a lot of production on Eeyore. There's tracks on there. You hear Kanye in the background. I mean, like, there's a track on there. He actually sampled Michael Jackson's voice. Oh, man, uh-huh. you'll love it, man. I heard okay. it. I was like, wow. I mean, it's so soulful for an album that we thought this was hip-hop. But it's music. You know, Jay is right about it. Mm-hmm. It's music. It's, you know, hip-hop, that's what hip-hop is supposed to do. It's supposed to transcend this genre and basically spread out there and be considered good music. And I think that's what everybody, that's what Kanye tried to do with it. But Igor, man, Igor is awesome. I mean, that's the one of the only albums I listen huh. to today I can listen to from front to back. Huh. It's, it's a lot of R&B oh. riffs on it. Beautiful album. Hopefully they will get it right. You know, as you see over the years where, like what, Lionel Richie used to win blessed Black male artists. So they, he would win that every year at the American Music Awards. So... They had best black this, best black that. Um, and so, and eventually, you know, they scratched that category. You know, they just made it, you know, you know all, you know, art, all male artists. But uh, hopefully they get it right, you know, in, 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 in time, you know, as, as they, as more people maybe complain about the awards and more artists, and maybe it'll be like, okay, okay, we're gonna get it right and with the right names. So. If you think about it, Billy Eilish, and him basically that year won those Grammys, right? What mm-hmm. there was not that much to do between what Igor did and what Billy Eilish did. You know, the Billy Eilish uh, Eilish situation. They're very similar in sound. Billy Eilish is more hip hop than she does, she wants to admit. Because I caught myself listening to a couple of her songs. I'm like, wow, this is interesting. I want I want to hear like the RZA hit this beat. I want to hear somebody mm-hmm. rap over this beat right now. So that's what I'm starting to do a lot lately. Is <laughs> I want to be like if we took a Billie Eilish beat or we took a beat from the weekend and you put the right person on it, 
I mean, like the Eagle album, you can remix that today and sample it, and you can have artists yes. touch it, and it would be incredible. I mean, hear DJ Khaled screaming in the background. You can do that with the Eagle album. DJ Khaled. Yeah, there's no rules. There's no rules. You can take anything, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Hey, I remember um, <laughs> I was there uh, years ago. I was in Arizona and um, at a mall, mm-hmm. and I ran a, there was a guy who was selling a CD, uh, it was a rap CD. He's like, okay, and so I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll come. Su- I'll support you. You know, I was about to, you know, handle what five, ten dollars or whatever the cost of the CD. So he was able to play a, sn- a sample for it, and I noticed the the beat right away. I noticed the beat because my uncle was a a well known Chicago pastor, and his choir would win, you know, stellar awards, American Music Awards all the time. So one of the beats he used was one was my uncle. I'm like, hey, that's my uncle's song. I think he was getting nervous, guy. I wasn't gonna sue him, or I wasn't gonna, you know, rat him out or whatever. But it looked, it sounded pretty nice, and so it is cool that you know people can use all of that gospel R and B, and punk rock. You know, there's people, you know, our hip hop artists, you know, that grew up around that or listen to that. They're able to use even that to sample in their their songs. So it's it's nice that that there's just no rules. Totally agree. I mean, you think about like uh, the Tyler, the Tyler Creator, and Charlie, and Charlie Wilson yes. collaborated. It's on that album, Igor. And you mm-hmm. know, like, and I grew up with Charlie Wilson. Charlie Wilson came on to me. I had to clean up the house. So Charlie Wilson always <laughs> touched me differently. I mean, I got to clean up and I got to wash dishes. And I was not very good at that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so when Charlie Wilson went off, I got to go outside and play basketball. Just think, less Charlie Wilson, maybe I'd be in the league today. <laughs> but you know, it's just what it is. <laughs> But, you know, it's just what it was, you think about it. I mean, to see, like, you know, a collaboration with, you know, Tyler reaches back to Charlie Wilson, then Charlie Wilson connects with Snoop. Snoop has almost been, like, the bridge between, like, the different genres of hip-hop. I mean, you know, he's starting to bridge musically into other areas. Like, he did a gospel mm-hmm. album. Yeah, was, man, with the guy that just passed away, Rance Allen. I yeah. love this one growing up, and Yeah, he did that song with him. Wow. Wow. And then, you know, we're kind of segwaying a little bit into trying to get your thoughts on the Kanye West gospel album. I'm curious what you think about it. <laughs> uh, as far as with everything, so it was, um, I guess with the with the Kanye, kind of, I would see the their performance. I don't think I, I heard all of it, but I would see the performances of the, with this with this choir. Um, the, the vocals are awesome. You know, I think some of those people are, are able to, to latch on to some some other deals themselves. So the so the vocals he had, the vocalists are yeah, AA, they're definitely top, top notch. So it's um it's and I think what one one of the things that people in the Christian community needs to do is um I think the first thing that a lot of them do is they like, okay, judgy, you know, they're they're more judgy. They're not listening to maybe the message, but they're probably just judging, looking at, okay, what has he done prior to this? And then they're, they're adding, and, and it kind of muddles their thoughts, you know, on it. So it's talent. And I think if you, if, if a Christian gets around not being judgy that, you know, yeah, there's definitely, you know, talent in there and it's, in, in, in what he does when he does his gospel, you know, so I haven't listened to everything. I don't I haven't, you know, really turned it on, but 
at least the snippets that I have listened to, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, 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 at least to me, it's been cool. So we're bringing up heavy hitters, like, you know, Yay, Tyler, Three Stacks, and uh, Novak, you brought up Childish Gambino, too. He was, like, also one of those artists that kind of broke that Grammy category, too, because, like, I think he won Best Rap Song um, Award for, like, This Is America that year. But, again, before that, it was a rap song collabo, right? I'm thinking of some other cats that won it, like um, Eve and... um, no doubt, Gwen Stefani, they wanted that Yes, wanted. yes. First year that category was actually built. And then, like, um, Rihanna and Eminem, they won it for Monster. Like, they probably should have won it for, like, you know, Love the Way You Lie. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess where I'm going with this is like, Mike, like, well, what is your take on? Because I'm a collaborator by nature. I always try to, like, you know, put myself in the presence of people that I can kind of, like, feed in. Sounds like a good hip hop group. Collaborated Amen. by nature. <laughs> <laughs> facts, facts. But I mean, like, what, what is your kind of take on, and if you had any other influ- influential list, I'd love to hear it. But like, what is your take on the idea of just cramming it to one artist, like with a Gambino or where, like, you know, you don't need, you don't need to collaborate if you're essentially the person who's going to sing and rap this whole song and why even make the effort to kind of bridge the gap when you are the gap or whatever, you know? Well, you do both because, I mean, that's been happening. I mean, the people that, to a generation, yeah, um, right. that generation's intro to rap was New Edition. And that was their first time hearing it when Candy Girl came on. My girl's like candy, a candy tree. She knocks me high up on my feet. And then on Cool It Now, people still to this day are yeah. still Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike, you know. And so... Um, so yeah, it's there's there's people where you there are artists out there where yeah it, it it could as long as it looks comfortable, there's not pushed, it doesn't look like it's out of their element. Um, like that's why BBD was able to easily do their thing when they had went their their ways while everybody else was going solo around Bobby Brown and Johnny. You know, Bill Bill DeVoe was easily able to do it because it, 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 it looked comfortable. I mean, you're not going to be analyzing the lyrics, you know. So, uh, well, what was it? What they say on doing uh, backstage, underage, adolescent? How you doing? Fine. She replied, I sigh. I like to do the wild thing. No, <laughs> are you going to? Would you do a record with underage and I like to do the wild thing in the same bar? <laughs> You're not gonna do that. I, that's that's like oh wow, but so you're not. So you so you. But it's it's just a fun track, you know. So so when you see those people, um, as long as they're the people that come out now, yeah. Like I, I like I love like Spark, if, I, if I had to pick somebody that's one of the top artists that can do both, I love Anderson Pack. Oh, so, um, it's, oh. he's he's that guy's got talent, mad talent. Man, what he did on. What he did on Compton, you know, that Dr. Dre album on Compton, whatever, based on vocals, uh-huh. man. I, I love what he did with T.I., that song that song he did with T.I. pretty much. Uh, man, you know, I mean, the way he killed that track. Anderson Pack is, 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 is vicious, man. You know, like, and some people, you know, one of my guys argument, he's a rapper. No, he's not. He's a performer. He's an entertainer. Mm-hmm. That guy's a singer yes. pretty much. 
<laughs> I mean, Anderson Pack, man. I play I play him a lot in the car, and people, you know, you pull up next to somebody at a light, and they hear him, they hear that voice in the background, and people look, he's like, what are you listening to? Anderson Pack, I mean, he is awesome. I mean, he's up there with Thundercat. That's another, I and mean, you know about Thundercat. Thundercat is awesome. I like his videos, man. Yeah, you talking about Thundercat? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got, I, I mean, I think hip hop wise, in terms of hip hop, starting to evolve a little bit because Thundercat did a lot of work for, um, you know, a lot of work out there. You know, you think about the whole Compton situation with, uh, you, you know, out there, how that style started mutating. You know, when you think about what they did, you know, for other artists out there, Thundercat is like the soundtrack, you know, for a lot of the, uh, they're doing a lot of production for people that you listen to the songs, you go like, wow, it's incredible. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. I mean, because Anderson, Anderson is Anderson just is phenomenal. I mean, in that situation, as a writer, as an artist, and you can tell, you can see Dr. Dre pretty much goes out and finds these people. He sucked them mm-hmm. in. He did the whole album. He's on every track on there. And you sit there and you listen to Compton, you'd be like, "Who is this guy in the background with this weird voice?" But it's, it's the musicality is awesome. Yes, yes. So just the, and. Just to see him when he and then when he performs live, you know, when, he, when he's especially this song where he's on the drums, mm-hmm. uh, just to see him doing that singing because it's hard to sing and play drums. I know a lot of people do it, but I, I couldn't. But if you're right, he's that guy is a performer, man. So, and I don't listen to a lot of the new stuff these days, but the few artists that I, I have to bring up, you know, it would be, yeah, definitely him, man, bro. I might. Love your perspective on it. Like, Pack is amazing. And yeah, I mean, like, real talk, like, Mike, like, you honestly one of the most vocal singers that I know personally, you know? And I just love your take on things because for me, it's kind of like with Novak's point about The weekend being like that hybrid artist, right? That is like in between different worlds, whether it's rap, hip hop, R&B, whatever you want to call it, even rock, or even like Mike, you brought up like punk, like, some of these artists, they the industry doesn't know how to categorize them, right? So they mm-hmm. they're forced to categorize them like the Grammys, right? But like you're talking about, like um, who who um who did who did Ye uh, collaborate with Kid C Ghost? Kid Cudi, yeah, like Kid Cudi. Mm-hmm. Usually, like, either call him a rapper, they call him a rocker, they call him mm-hmm. you know, singer, whatever. But I mean, I, I guess where where I'm coming from is that like a good artist like Anderson Pack, like they, they can kind of like tap into different genres and you could almost hear their their like musical, like, I don't know if education is the right word, but just how enriched their performance is. And they're they're not trying to categorize themselves, but just, just through mm-hmm. the act of performing, you can kind of like latch on to different things, right? You kind of feel like, oh, he's coming gritty or he's like, oh, he's kind of coming soulful. and. It just, it just, it's just, it's just amazing how you know all those genres are kind of like speak to each other and in, in the yes. form of collaboration. Definitely, definitely. Just think about it. He's in WSL. Like he was on W. He was on WSL's Freshman Cipher. You remember 2016? And they uh-huh. thought, he, and they thought he was a rapper. And then he started singing. And then some people were just like, "You can't rap and sing at the same time." Like, yeah, you can. I mean, back in the day, people were actors, dancers, and singers. You had to do a triple threat in order mm-hmm. to get on the screen. You couldn't just be a good actor. You had to sing, dance, and everything in order to get on the silver screen back then. Because I remember Malibu dropped by Anderson Pack. I remember mm-hmm. buying that. I remember buying that on vinyl and listening to it in the house. And I was like, man, this is nice. I mean, I got I got every Anderson Pack album on vinyl. 
And that's a vinyl edition right now. So, I mean, but I mean, Ventura, Ventura was okay, but that uh, Oxnard is Oxnard is awesome. That's yeah. when it dropped two years ago. That uh, that album, man, uh, that album pretty much Anderson Pack on there. You got you got that track with Kendrick Lamar called Tense. Mm, that yep. track, that track is so <laughs> nice, man. I mean. The only other, the only other artist that I like like this that basically transcends hip hop bounds is J Cole. J Cole mm-hmm. is really good at telling the story, and he does it in a southern like way, basically. Because J Cole, you know, you listen to all the J Cole albums, you know, revenge, you know, the revenge albums, the, the collaboration albums, and everything. I mean, J Cole is pretty talented, but man, you know, this guy Pack is like the glue. If you put if you put an artist around him, you you could you could build any feature off of him. I mean. Mm-hmm. He, Give it that track of Pusha T that was awesome on Oxnard. I mean, Pusha mm-hmm. T, Pusha T is not that versatile sometimes because he's he's a he's a battle rapper. He's a battle rapper basically, <laughs> trying to trying not to fight other rappers. When he's <laughs> so it's hard for him to do commercials yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Nova, you got my head spinning right now because like I, yeah. I was gonna bring up um, K Dot at some point, and mm-hmm. I will go to bat for Kendrick any day of the week. And even J. Cole to a certain extent, but truthfully speaking, like they tap into my core, like that backpack rapper type, you know, mm-hmm. like mindset. However, do they have the, I forget what the word you use, versatility, like mm-hmm. to even go to an Anderson pack. And I say that because like their masters are their domain. They know what track they would shine on, but do they really have the range to kind of like sing you know, like in the, in the ranges that like an Anderson Pack would, or even a Gambino for that matter. You know, no, no. But the thing is, with with Kendrick, you can take Q-Tip or somebody and put them with Kendrick, and you can make up for that if that you know that deficiency right there. Because if you think about when Q-Tip stepped on the Anderson track song "Cheers" on Oxnard, mm-hmm. and you saw Q-Tip basically had to take a step back because Anderson was eating up Q-Tip on on, on the track that he produced. And Q-Tip, is, his musicality is awesome. Q-Tip is one of those yep. artists that you hear like vibrant thing and stuff like that. It's like he's got a party going on in his head the whole time in the studio. I mean, to be inside Q-Tip's head doing some of those songs and wonder what he's thinking about, Friday Night Pain, Friday Night Pain, Fight for somebody the whole mm-hmm. time. But, you know, I mean, I think with, I think with Kendrick, is Kendrick's more of a visual rapper. When he does his videos, like, man, every Kendrick Lamar video is a party. You know, the, you got Thundercat doing the production. You got you got that sound, man. You know, we gonna be all right. It's probably like the the greatest hip hop song of this generation. Sometimes because when you hear it, you be like, you could be having a bad day, and you be like, man, I feel good now. Yeah. So I just, I just heard we, gonna, <laughs> we gonna be all right. I mean, Anderson Pack has that effect too because yes. his music is so his music touches your core, like you said. Uh, no, say it touches. It makes you feel good. You start thinking about other artists you could put with him and everything like that. That's how Little Brother was for me uh, when we were in college. Little Brother was like that, you know. And man, when you start looking at that type of hip hop, it's beautiful. I mean, like, you know, got artists like Vic Mensa and stuff like that. They're trying to do that again. But Vic, Vic just won't stay on that path. Vic is mutating all over the place. He's like, he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, he's like a fatty right now. You know, uh, Chief Keith had it for a moment. Let's just be honest. Guy is talented, super talented. That production is incredible. I just wish O'Block could stop, you know, people O'Block stopped dying. There's so much talent inside the O'Block. You know, you think about mm-hmm. what's going on right now. They influence the whole culture of rappers at this point. You know, it's incredible. 
Mike, I, I'm really interested to kick it to you for a sec because um, when you're talking about new edition and whatnot, because um, <laughs> Novak was mentioning Billie Eilish. I felt like Lord was almost in that hip hop space for a bit myself or something. But like, what are like yeah. performers that you feel like, Mike, that have that hip hop breed, but necessarily don't use hip hop or aren't in the rap category? Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, I understand the new edition connection. And now that I think about it more, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, are there any other, any other, like, artists that kind of, like, blur that line? Even if they aren't proclaiming that they are on a rap song? So something, like, somebody that's similar to to, to New Edition that... Um, well, some people... This might be a reach, and you, you probably had something. <laughs> Carl some was people, on... There was a group that I love. I love more their, 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 their R&B. Now, this is more, like, mid-'80s. Okay. Um, I love more their R&B, but before New Edition, they were doing um, battle rapping with Cold Crush Brothers, um, this group. Um, and, and so, uh, but they were more doo-wop, uh, a group called Force MDs. And they were, they didn't really get big, you know, they're from Staten Island, um, but they, they were, even before New Edition were doing anything, they were, they had a nice blend um, of rapping and and they were more of a fun rap because they would rap one of their songs, they would do, it was called Itching for a Scratch. And so some of them were good at impersonating other people. So they were a rap, one person would rap like Michael Jackson. Uh, and another person would rap like Popeye. <laughs> another person would rap like uh, Mr. T <laughs> uh, on that song called Itch Your First Scratches. So yeah, they were, you know, dancing just like, you know, New Edition could really blow. There were no disposable some dancing fools back in the day. Um, but yeah, Force MDs, well, they, when they were called Force MCs and they changed the name to Force MDs. Um, but then they got more into um, doo-wop R&B. They did a, my favorite two songs was one called Love Is A House. And then the, the my favorite song for them Tender love, tender love, love so tender. I wanna get close to you. Love that joy. So, um, so yeah, so Force MDs, they had that that nice blend. Woo! Tell them what. Oh man, man, Mike, that's that's not a reach. That's a grab right there. You got you, you got me you got me uh, started got my mind going crazy right now. So I started thinking about the the, the Barge family as a whole. Yeah, so if you think about the Barges, man, nobody. I mean, every song is sampled in hip hop today. Yes, every DeBarge <laughs> song is sampled in hip hop. Think about that. This is a this is a, this family. This family is a Jehovah Witness family that basically had more soul than most artists on Motown at that time. Not everybody, yeah. but the Barges, man, and you think about Tina Marie. You think about mm -hmm. all those artists. Those guys, you know, they were more hip hop than hip hop at that point. Cause you know, you listen to you listen to DeBarge, you listen, even Chico. Even Chico yeah. had a hit that was very hip hop. It was like he was rapping singing. So you think about that, that musicality and that versatility. A lot of those artists are rappers in their own way. You know, like uh, I listen to everything. Like, you know, one one group I bring up, you guys might not know about it, Alabama Shakes. Mm -hmm. Alabama, Alabama Shakes sound in color. Okay. It sounds like something that you can put Kendrick, you can put Kendrick on something that you can put, um, you know, you, you can throw uh, Anderson Pack on that, on that, on that raspy like 
the vinyl is so beautiful. You know, the sound and color when it hits. Oh my God, man. I mean, there, there's, a, you know, it almost makes you want to go in the studio and start sampling people. There are people out there that already laid the next, the next level of what we want to sample and put out there and rap over. It's incredible right now. The music. You have the bars. That's one of the most sampled stuff from the bars. Dun, 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 dun. Well, think about Biggie. The Biggie song, uh, Hypnotize, came from uh, General Hospital. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's General Hospital. Man, I, was, I used to listen to watching my grandma and stuff like that. If you watch when General Hospital used to come on, that's Hypnotize. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hip hop is everywhere. Yes, yes. And I think, yeah, in the other list, uh, I have another couple, uh, another list that I was going to do the um, Biggie was on that one for the favorite rap, main rap song with R&B features, you know, and so One More Chance, that's from The Barge. Mm-hmm. Uh, baby, what's on Stay With Me? It's from Stay, Stay With Me, me. <laughs> The Barge, yeah. And, uh, and so, um, and, they, and they sing on, sing that hook on it. So The Barge, huge in, impact. Huge. Definitely, and I'm, there's a couple other songs I know, I can't, can't think. Uh, but but yeah, for, so for my list for the top R and top rap main rap, but features of R and B would be one more chance with uh, Biggie and I know um and Mary and I think Faith sang on that too, right? Mm-hmm. So I think both of them sing on that one. Um, second one would be gotta go with Nas and and Lauren Hill. Yes. <laughs> yeah. the world. Yes. 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 So it's huge. And then the top one, hands down, they had they were, they had everybody bought them when it came out back in the day. Um, they sampled Motown. So um, that would be Wu Tang and Mary J. Method Man and Mary J. Wu Tang is Wu Tang is represented. They got a lot of numbers, a lot of members. Is going out and doing great collaborations. Ghostface now. This one is Method. So I mentioned Ghostface and ODB. Now we got Method and Mary J. Can I get a sue? <laughs> kind of like you. You brought my my uh, questions full circle in my head because I was almost trying to throw shots at artists that were not trying to collaborate and be had the versatility. Novak, that was what you were using, like having the versatility to go in both spaces. Mm-hmm. But now I think of it like. If, if an artist feels like they might not have that versatility, but they still want to enrich in their music, they would definitely collaborate with somebody, right? Mm-hmm. So as trends go and as the battle rap like category or the battle rap mindset was prominent, that's when it kind of like forced a lot of like brilliant MC's hand to kind of not even play in the R&B space more because they had to be more street or they had to have more grime, but a true artist should be able to play in both spaces. So anyway, I guess what I'm saying is that if an artist wants to be musically respected and they feel like they're not comfortable yet to be versatile, that's when the magic of a, of a true collaboration comes out because they're like, okay, well, this is somebody I really, really want to sound like. And that's why you should be paying attention to them and, you know, vice versa. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that's the, that's the amazing magic to it all. Uh, he's right about that. And Wu-Tang all over the space. You think about Shay Shay the ghost, you think about where that came from. Yes. I mean, man, that's a 70s disco song that they, they stole that from pretty much. 
that's that Dr. Buzzards, uh, the Savannah, the Savannah group, pretty much, Savannah band, pretty much, is the, you know, it, it was Shay Shay LaFemme, pretty much. And uh, you think about the musicality, like the fact that they were like, what, what's so what's so nice about Wu Tang is that they watched Kung Fu flicks, which I still watch today. And you hear these lines, right? And you'd be sitting up there, you can apply this stuff to life. You know, you're listening to like, you're watching uh, the Deadly Venoms, you're watching 36 Chambers, and you're sitting there like, wow, these guys are ahead of their time. But at the same time, they listen to Motown while they're, while they're watching Kung Fu. And you're like, this is scary because you just took like a Marvin Gaye song, a Tammy Terrell song pretty much, and just and took, put the Wu-Tang uh, pretty much like philosophy on it. And everything sounds awesome at that point because the RZA man, he had to be in a place that nobody ever got to musically. I mean, like you know, the guy, the guy, the guy's music is ageless. I was, yes. in, I was in the Triumph the other day. Mm-hmm. That song Triumph is ageless, and you're listening to it, and you're like, the reign of man is upon. I'm like, coming here like a tragedy. You're like, wow, man. You know, it's just, it's just so smooth. It's, it's R and B, and they were the main ones talking about. We ain't gonna do the R and B with a hook. Wu-Tang does it better than anybody else R&B with a hook. <laughs> Just to be honest with you, yes. nobody tops that, man. I mean, even every sound pretty much is futuristic at this point. This is 20-year-old tracks that sound like they could be made today. That's what the awesome name about Wu-Tang. That's Kendrick Lamar. That's, you know, you're talking Thundercat. You're talking Anderson Pack. Imagine putting Anderson Pack and Method Man together. Imagine what that would be like. Ooh. <laughs> All you need, 20, 2020. Imagine that one. Oh, man. and it's the thing all you need in the background, and then that method rap over <laughs> with uh, pro- yeah, with who Rizza on the pro- production, probably. I, yeah, I let Dre do the production on that. Dre did a lot of production for a lot of people on the background. <laughs> on people's yeah. albums, you think about that. I'm waiting for this new album to drop. That's another Dre album coming. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, it ain't detox, <laughs> but it's the album coming, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. So it's 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 cool that of how all these aspects, you know, help bring more attention to to the hip hop that when when these collaborations happen, um, you know, back in the day. So that's why I like to give you know the the respect to man. Pretty much, yeah, Wu Tang Wu Tang for for the the talent that they have to bring all that stuff together. So that's. Yeah. yeah, bro. I think thank you for for stopping by. I thank you for giving us your list, and I know I know as as Novak was at, telling us at the intro, you know, you were one of the smoothest cats on on campus, and you know, you are a collaborator by nature. Like you know, your your salsa um, style <laughs> karaoke um, business, but even when you're talking about the uh, that group that was like impersonating like. Um, Mr. T and Popeye, like, I know there's a goofy side to you as well. And I know that person. Yeah. I mean, I, I think <laughs> they're kind of, you know, a lot, a lot of the different, uh, a lot of the different artistry that kind of speaks to you. Yeah, definitely. And, and I know I'm missing one more group, you know, that they also had a silly side that did, that they do both, you know, I get respect to TLC, you know, for, for bridging, you know, doing both. So. Yeah, that that's an amazing. Like you could do a whole conversation on TLC because, like, obviously, every song arguably is almost like a rap song collaboration. You know, depending on what Left Eye is saying. But um, mm-hmm. that's, that's a good that's a good point. I like that 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 uh, 
I like that that example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. Tio, but that's that uh, that's that Jermaine Dupree Atlanta effect down there. Yeah, think about it. Yeah, yes, I yes. mean, Jermaine Dupree had old soul, still has old soul. When you think about it, Jermaine Dupree took all that, you know, all the all the vinyl he listened to over the years, brought it into the studio. Because you think about Funkify, you think about the reason why the Brat was able to do so well during that. She do well today if she dropped out because she's got musicality and she's really talented at that point. So, I mean, you think about it, it's just what it is, you know, at this point, I mean, so, so deaf, so, so deaf basically in the South basically kept that, that whole genre alive, you know, things blew up, things got better, you know, it is what it is, but I really do, you really do appreciate what Jermaine Dupree did because there's no Jermaine Dupree, there's no TI. There's no, there's no, you know, you think about it, there's no outcast, there's no dungeon family at this point because mm-hmm. There was there was Jermaine Dupree, then there was then there was the Dungeon Family, then the Outcast came out of that, Goody Mob came out of that, and you think about that, th- these guys are like that's heavy funk with rappers on top, man. If you think about it, it's a lot of it's a lot of R&B going on down there. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Atlanta basically birthed a whole new sound that we embrace as what is modern hip hop today. What did, what did Dre say when they won a new artist on the Source Awards when the East Coast, West Coast was beaten? Mm-hmm. They booed him when they, they when they went up, Outcast went up. He was like, you know what? South got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know so. Yeah, yeah, man. You hope it would come back full circle and, you know, Young Thug will eventually be able to collaborate with, with Three Stacks. I mean, there was another cringeworthy part to that story was like, I think Slim Thug even said something like, you want to... We're gonna do a track with um, Elton John. Elton John is a N word or whatever he was trying to say. Elton John will work with you, but Three Stacks won't or something like that. I don't know. He was saying something crazy. Yeah, it was pretty crazy to think about. It. I mean, you know, like, like I bought Elton John on vinyl recently. I mean, mm-hmm. Elton John is awesome. You know, you, you, I mean, I mean, you 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 listen to the, you listen to the songs, whatever, basically, because if you think about. Uh, Outcast sample Elton John, not Outcast, but uh, this last album by uh, Tribe Called Quest has a lot of Elton John influence. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about that, the Temple of Boom on that, uh, the Temple of Sound on there, pretty much. There's a track on that album. It's Elton John in the background playing. You mm-hmm. know, it's just, it's just what it is. I mean, Elton John musically is awesome. It just, you know, when you, sometimes you spend time just listening to other artists or whatever. I think that's one of the things about you, Mike, that was always awesome is that you listen to everything. And I picked that up a lot from different people over time. I picked that up from you. I started listening to every ounce of music because, you know, everybody's got a story to tell. And it's about yes. how everybody's got a story to tell. And these stories are all so similar, to be honest with you. And they all speak different volumes. I mean, you ain't got to rap it sometimes. You can tap it. <laughs> but it's still the same <laughs> message. <everything. laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and, I, yeah, and I'm appreciative of the new Jack Swing era, you know, how they were heavily using the hip hop beats um, to people to sing on it. So that also in, in helped a lot of people get more into to hip hop. Teddy Riley was very, definitely very influential. Um, you know, that was that new Jack Swing Heavy D song with, um, oh, they, heavy. yeah, he used uh, Aaron Hall from Guy. Yeah. Uh, so you know, now that we got love. So yeah, those. That was that was a jam back then too. You just made me think. So um, we had um, our, our fellow comrade uh, Carl on the uh, podcast a few episodes ago, and he was talking about obviously Heavy D, 
But the other thing he was saying, like, he felt like Drake was, did he say like Drake was Tevin Campbell or something like that? Re, re there, was re, there was a reference made. It kind of, it took me off, it took me off a little bit. There was a message made in that situation. Uh, or was it Teddy Riley? No, I forget it was. He, no, he, he could put him in Tevin Campbell. Oh, okay. Uh, so, like, they caught me off guard. I couldn't think about that, but you know, Ted, Tevin Campbell was kind of revolutionary. Tevin Campbell was the blueprint for Usher. <laughs> you think about mm-hmm. that. You know, Tevin came along, sang in a world basically where it wasn't cool to be a teenage boy singing about love. And Usher came along and did it years later, and we said it was awesome. We, you know, we gave Te- we gave Tevin a lot of hell for what he was singing about. Usher did the same thing Tevin Campbell did, and he danced better. That's the that's the thing. Usher, right. That was the reason why Usher survived basically. But yeah, he made a Carl made a reference about you know the impact of. Uh, Tevin Campbell on hip hop and stuff like that, and I got to go back and listen to that again. It was it, it was one of those things that hit me, and I, I couldn't recover quick enough to answer him back, and he got <laughs> off real quick. His car was really quick. You know, you go like, oh okay, I, I see what you said. And two days later, man, I know what he was saying. Man, I'm gonna call him. So I was like, Carl is good. <laughs> now I'm curious to know what he said about that. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I was there when he, when Tevin came out. Yeah, I was definitely. I love R&B, so I loved all the time and stuff. Well, think about Soul For Real. Oh, yes. Think about their musicality. They Think about that, you know. Wow. Heavy D, yep, Heavy D got them in, in the game. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I like that remix for... Um, oh, God, Heavy D got another problem. Up. Yep. So, yeah, I, I love uh, Soul For Real. My love, uh, uh, Candy, Candy Rain, um, that first album. I played, I played that like crazy. Yeah, yeah, that and that and uh, listen to Justin Weaver, man. <laughs> Love ambition. Yeah, ah. and that's been sampled. That's been sampled too. And I gotta look up who did that, who sampled that. I gotta well, look that uh, up. If I'm not mistaken, I think I heard. I, I want to say I heard. I heard that on. Um, who was that artist? I want to say Saigon. There's a Saigon track with that's that's Love Ambition. I gotta find it for you, Jay. So oh. it's, you'd be surprised. These 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 hip hop artists are listening. They listen to R and B, man. Eighties R and B, nineties R and B. Pretend like they don't know what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, I wish that. Yeah, Jason should have. He could have done more in his music career. But you know, I heard. I heard <laughs> I saw an interview with him how his mother helped him negotiate from when they were doing the line before they did the Lion King. And how they were talking about that either you can take one or two million up front or a million up front, or um, the, but the mother wanted to negotiate like royalties because they if they were saying that okay if this is going to be one of the biggest you know Disney movies just like when they looked at the past of how well Disney movies were being were done and how they were being replayed and you make money money and so they took a smaller upfront cut probably like a cut probably like a couple hundred thousand whatever but then royalties and. And so his mother convinced him to do that, and he's still getting paid well today. So kudos for that business decision to not take all that money up front with no royalties, but just take a little bit and get all the royalties. And and he's straight. So, but yeah, I wish he could have done more with that music career. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that that's that's the, that's the Illinois Chicago curse right there. You think about our artists have one they have one good album or two good tracks that blow. And then they can't they can't keep their momentum. Kanye West is the only artist out of Chicago in probably the last 20 years. Nestar Kelly, you know, mm-hmm. 
you know, I won't probably can't say that name on this podcast, but <laughs> you know, I, didn't even, uh, I didn't even think of none of his collaborations. <laughs> well, you know, he is hip hop technically, but you know, that's a whole that's a whole nother show. I'm trying to keep the ratings up here. You know, like, we're gonna let that go, man. We're gonna let Kels Kels get his own show. You gotta well, do what that. About, what about uh the other collaboration guy? We you walk, we use not, we you vote. Oh man, Cookie Monster. <laughs> no, it's Ja Rule. <laughs> yeah, I was doing big up Ja Rule, actually. Oh man. I, get, I know he's a laughing joke now, kind of like Kells a little bit with Oh his, man. That uh, was awesome. that was the Jersey, that was the Jersey Motown. That's what that was. The Shanti. Every song sound like Oh my God! They had that they had that piano riff at the beginning. You were like, and then Ja Rule comes marching down the stairs, and Shanti starts bouncing back. I'm like, what is this? I mean, and Irv Gotti just smiling. Where's the check at? That's what that's what that's, that's what Bert Ake was. I mean, the hardest song they did was New York, New York. You remember that? New York is murder. <laughs> I got a hundred people with me, and this I'm from New York, and I'm like, okay, that was the hardest Ja Rule song, but. His musicality is unmatched, though. I mean, you got to give it to him. I mean, 50 Cent tried to do it, but 50 Cent's problem musicality, like, you know, in the club and everything. Mm-hmm. He was trying to be hard, but he wanted to smile the whole time. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> 50 is hard to say something feels right to him. I mean, 50 did take the genre a little bit further. I mean, because everybody, 50 was so hot that other people wouldn't release albums at that point mm-hmm. in time. I mean, 50, 50, 50 burnt early 2000 up. You know, it was 50 Cent. Jay made an album that was really good, but 50 was so hot at that time. And then M, and M came along, M was hotter. So mm-hmm. it was a lot going on in that situation, you know. I mean, we've seen some pretty good artists, to be honest with you, real good artists. I mean, yep. uh, I guess, Mike, on this note, to wrap up here, what, what collaboration would you want to see? Well, if you could put two artists, past and present together, who would you put together right now? Hmm. Okay, so because see if it's somebody because my favorite all time artist is Stevie Wonder. Uh, uh, man. So I was listening. I was listening. To, I was listening to Stevie the other day, man. Oh mm-hmm. man, that's another sampled album. Oh my God, you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, Come out from the songs of the Key of Life, but Keys of Life, mm-hmm. man. Oh, the whole album. It's nothing but mm-hmm. a hip hop, hip hop graveyard. Oh yeah, Coolio, Pastime Paradise. <laughs> I mean, Gangsta. Well, he put, he took it to he said Gangsta Paradise. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he took Pastime Paradise from Stevie Wonder to Gangsta. So yeah, so yeah, Stevie. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my number one guy, man. Um, so well, this collab could actually still happen, though, depending exactly. on what you say. this collab could actually still happen, depending on what you say. Can we get a Steven and Anderson? Oh man. We're talking about funk, because how much funk Anderson had now, <laughs> and then the funk that Stevie can bring. Oh. From, oh my God. That would definitely be amazing. Cause cause Anderson, he can, there's this one funky song that Stevie did that um can't even think the name of it. I know um Ray Parker Jr. Um, was a guitarist on that album. So Ray Parker, he was a the guy that sang Ghostbusters. He was a great guitarist, mm-hmm. better musician than singer. And so he's helped a lot of productions out. But there's a song, let me see if I can look it up, that he played guitar on 
uh, Stevie Wonder's song, and and it was really funky. So, uh, may I think it was like maybe you baby or something like that. But that's a good collaboration. I would like to see that definitely Anderson back and Stevie. Don't forget, don't forget Herbie Hancock's all over the uh, Herbie Hancock's all over that album. The keyboard, mm-hmm. that's Herbie Hancock. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, oh man, you got me tripping on this one, man. Yeah, the, yeah, the, <laughs> the keys of life, man. Oh my God, man. You got dude. That I mean, I wish it's on there. Isn't she lovely's on yes. there? Uh, knocks me off my feet is is ridiculous. Dude, I remember I did that at a <laughs> talent show one time. Yeah. <laughs> Sir Duke is on there, man. You got that's a double vinyl and it's sick. It's like, you know. <laughs> I got no sage. I got. I bought. I brought this album back for my grandma's uh, after everything. After she passed and everything, I got. I got this album at home now. The album's over 40, 50, Let's say forty some years old, and the vinyl mm-hmm. did not warp because the vinyl was so thick that basically it, it basically preserved itself. I mean that 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 Stevie album is incredible. Yeah. Damn. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. And I'm Mike. I'm so grateful that you brought up. A what if scenario that does not talk about money because you know Novak you were talking about like the you know like Murder Inc situation and Herb Gotti and you know, everyone every group had to have their R&B person and arguably as genres got popular a lot of these collaborations only happened because of the coin right like how can mm-hmm. we get the most bang for our buck with these popular artists but mm-hmm. not really thinking about who actually would match well for artistry's sake, I think is always the the argument that should be made. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's so many collaborations that can happen out there. I mean, I, I definitely would love that Anderson and Stevie. You know, maybe maybe somebody's <laughs> listening out there make that happen. That'd be incredible. I mean, that's a lot of funk in one room. That's drums. That's the piano. That's a lot mm-hmm. going on right there. I mean, that session alone, I pay to be a fly on the wall in that session to see what comes out of it. You know. And then, you know, the guy do a remix, and that's when they go wrong at that point. We don't need a remix for that. Just let them work together and just call it at that point. The Stevie song I was thinking about, Maybe Your Baby. That's the one that is really funky. Maybe Your Baby. And that's the one that had Ray Parker Jr. on it. So well, Stevie's probably talking to somebody, somebody new at that point in time. <laughs> so that's just Stevie. <laughs> Stevie's a bad man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember there was one song at the end. He was like a... 10, 11 minute song. Um, they were just jamming. Um, the song he had, what's that jazz person? Not Charlie Parker. Um, the trumpet player um, is Do I Do. So the name of the song is Do I Do. And he had Dizzy Gillespie, you know, playing on it. Playing on the horns. And so uh, Stevie Wonder, at the end of it, they he, he started rapping <laughs> a little bit at the end. And he was just, and then when he couldn't think of something to say, he would mumble. <laughs> and, then, and then, and then after that, he would turn that mumble into scatting for the rest of the song. <laughs> so he's and he's scatting, and I was like, wow. So, <laughs> but yeah, do I do that's 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 one of my I love that song. <laughs> oh man, that's yeah, the going. Right Don't let the beat die. Just keep it going. Keep it moving. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was rabid, then 
didn't know what to say, so he started mumbling like he was saying so, and then he turned that into some scatting <laughs> for the rest of the song. That was really cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, that album, the only other album I like like that is uh, the Curtis album. I love that Curtis album. Curtis Mayfield, oh mm -hmm. man, that Curtis album and that Stevie album is what I, th those yeah. are my, uh, those are my rainy day albums. Those are the ones where you listen to them. Uh -huh. you, you can finish off with Curtis. I mean, man, that album is phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the production on that is, uh, that's his first album. That album is ridiculous. You know, when you look at the cover, he's sitting there with the bell bottoms on, he's leaning back with the sun hitting him, and you just know you're about to go on a 40 minute ride at that point. I mean, it's incredible what, come, what came off that Curtis album. I mean, he, when he uh, when he did the other, uh, he did the Makings of You. Now that's a that's a Mike Baker song. That Makings <laughs> of You. Oh man, I heard that song. I'm like Mike Baker somewhere, sauce in somewhere with the Makings of You playing in the background with like glitter falling. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then you, got you know the what they've internet. been doing more of is they've been making um, salsa versions of a lot of R and B songs. So I, whenever I hear that on the dance floor, I'll be like, oh man. So they've done they've salsa versions of Michael Jackson, um, Stevie Wonder, I believe, mm -hmm. and a lot of old school R and B, um, and some rock in the Hotel California. So, so I like how they 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 salsaize a lot of even some hip hop. You know, they salsaize it, so it makes it more fun to dance. Yeah, we can go on and on about this, man. There's so much good stuff. We only need you to come back and just go through uh, the crates, man, one day. So. <laughs> yes, sir. No, man. I, shoot, I started listening to Beach Boys the other day. I mean, it's nuts, uh, the stuff you find out there. I mean, it's it's incredible. I just like listening to music. There's so much stuff out there. But, I was yeah. listening to, when I was little, I used to listen to 104.3, Odie's, Odie's Station on Chicago, 104.3. Nah, I listened to all that, too. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, some, and it's surprising that some of the stuff there'll be artists that okay you you think that were even that they had soul you know you thought they were black but they're they're white artists i'm like whoa you know so one group in particular was um the rascals they did mm -hmm. it's a beautiful morning it's a beautiful morning i, I thought they were black but yeah it was, they had a lot of nice soulful songs yeah right you read about that. You know, there's so many artists that had so much soul back then. You think the whole 70s, man, they were killing mm -hmm. it. I mean, we didn't even scratch, you know, you didn't even scratch the surface of that. That's a whole episode, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I go up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna turn it, I'm gonna turn it back over to the note station. Let's take us home in this one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we've gone through so many genres. We started the conversation with RB and rap. <laughs> Alabama Shakes and one of <laughs> with Dick Biondi. Hey, real talk, like Mike, you know, they don't even play like oldies on that station anymore. Like they play yeah. some like, 90s stuff. Like I heard, I thought I heard like a rap track on there when I turned it on in the car like a couple weeks ago. Like what? The same one anymore? But um, I digress. I digress. But um, yeah, thanks for coming on the show, man. We, we really appreciate you. Thanks we, for having me, man. You gotta have you back. Definitely. You'll be, be back, man. We gotta do a car versus Mike Baker, so man, <laughs> we gotta do that. Heavy D gets taken out by you know by Gerald yeah. Levert. So. <laughs> oh yeah, Levert. Talk about Levert. His father the old, in the OJ's. Oh, oh man, I know. I, I just yeah. see that battle going on. <laughs> yes, yeah. see those episodes out. But yeah, we definitely will be bringing you back for 
as Novak put it, the the Mike Baker moment, most definitely. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, but um, thank you all for tuning in to uh, Hip Hot Heads. Check us out at uh, follow us on Spotify and rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and um, we'll check you on the next one. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I am the lesson after the fight on